Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibson. Each week I'll be sharing a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading transformation coach, helping you to release resistance around money, success and self-worth and to see the limitless potential within yourself to be, do and have anything that your heart desires. My aim for this podcast is to share incredible insights into how to create a champion mindset and live the life that you were born to live with confidence, ease and belief. So are you ready to transform your life from the inside out? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Heidi Marnie. I've been following Heidi for a while now and I've always been really drawn to her energy and incredible outlook for life. I think the first post that I saw Heidi do was about forgiveness, which is something that's really, really close to my heart. I've really wanted to get Heidi on the show for a long time now as her story is one full of courage, love, commitment and determination. As a single mum to Avela, she went from being 5k in debt, lodging at someone's house in February 2020, to being homeless in November 2020, to owning her own house in February 2021. Alongside all of that, she's managed to build a thriving business and transform her life and confidence, all while in lockdown, which is just crazy. So welcome, Heidi. It's lovely to have you on the show. How are you? Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to be here. And I'm actually really, really good. And it's so nice to be able to say that finally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited to deep dive into that. To be honest, I've got a million and one questions that I want to ask you. Don't worry, I won't. (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) I won't bombard you with them all, but what I'd love to do is just kind of get started on just sort of rewinding back to the last couple of months because, uh, sorry, a couple of years, because there's no denying um, the last two years have been pretty horrendous for most of us um, and very challenging with lockdown and, and so on and so forth. But to add everything that you were going through at that time into the equation as well, must have been really, really challenging, along with raising your gorgeous daughter. So it'd be really lovely, if you don't mind, just sort of sharing, giving us a bit of an understanding of what was going on there before we dive into how you navigated through it to come out the other side. Yeah, of course. I kind of think, where do I even start? But yeah, um, so for me, obviously lockdown was March 2020 and in December 2019 was when I became a single mum so um in the May 2018 I purchased um my first home with my partner at the time my Avila's dad and I was just so happy because I felt like everything's finally come together like I've got my own home I've got a job that I love I've got you know I'm pregnant and I'm with the person I love and everything's you know seemingly great it wasn't but Mm. I I like to think that it was I kind of hoped believed it was heading in the right direction um had Ivela fell madly in love with her that's when I really did feel like you know that unconditional love that everything was going to be great and it few months after that when I realized that you know it absolutely wasn't and my partner at the time um was messaging other girls behind my back he was going out drinking and coming home really really late um you know I'd I'd found out that he cheated on me whilst I was pregnant and there was so much to navigate 
through that time as well as having a newborn baby yeah. you know it's like it was so difficult to actually accept that that's what was happening to me and because of the way that I am so my background is I went to university and got a counseling degree and I've always been an empath and I've always wanted to help people yeah. like I literally since being a child I've known that that's what I was destined to do um and I remember I used to work um at an, an ice cream like a milkshake shop and um I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew what I didn't want to do and that was to stay stuck in a dead-end job with no fulfillment and when I was there in the winter months it was obviously very very um quiet and people would come in for a coffee and start telling me the life stories and I'd mm-hmm. think I'd think this is so strange you know people just ha- I'm not asking you I've just yeah. asked you day, and then you've just told me that you're divorcing your husband and you live at home with your cat and you know and I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm only 18 and these people might be like 40 50 telling me the life story and like asking for my advice so yeah kind of realized that I, I obviously had a knack because people effortlessly open up to me so mm. that's university and got a counseling degree but when I did my degree that transformed my life because it made me understand that so much of my behavior was textbook so I I was like you know reading a book and thinking oh my god I do that I do that oh my god mm. that's me and yeah. I was thinking so that absolutely blew my mind because I think that when you're going through your circumstances and your situations and your struggles, you assume that you're on your own or that nobody oh, really how you feel, you know. But actually, yeah. people do actually know what you're going through and it might not be the exact same circumstance, but in psychology-wise, you can explain it. Like, yeah, yeah. But understand myself was incredible. And it set me off onto a journey there where I became obsessed with people's behavior and why they did what they did. So me being an empath, when I was being cheated on and when all these things were happening, I instead was thinking, but why are you doing this to me? What Mm. is it happened to you that's making you do that? What is it that's happened to me that's attracted this situation? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I just was obsessed with trying to analyze everything. So I ended up giving my ex-partner the benefit of the doubt and, and like almost giving him excuses because I was like, I understand why you're doing this. I get yeah. it. You know, yeah. and, and, and then what happened was I realized that I could, just because I understood it, didn't mean that. I had to continue being the punching bag, Mm. you know, I wanted to change and I wanted to progress, but he didn't, you know, Mm. and I I remember shouting at him, you know, and, and just being like, stop doing this, you know, and saying, this is how you make me feel. And I remember him saying, oh, for God's sake, I've heard it a thousand times. And I remember saying to him, well, why is he not going in then? (laughs) Why are you not changing your behavior then? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you've heard it a thousand times, but you're not changing. <laughs> you know, and getting so frustrated, yeah. angry at him. And then that's when I started to realize, like, right, okay, he isn't going to change. 
So I need to do something within me. Like I'm not prepared to leave this relationship. So I'm going to have to deal with me. Yeah. But over, over time, um, I just got more and more resentful and just full of anger and you know just thinking to myself like how could you do that to me like I'm at home with your baby and you're out womanizing like Mm. I'm cleaning your house I'm making your tea I'm folding your clothes I'm doing everything for you and what I realized was that wasn't attractive to him you know I am his mother and actually what I understood was He'd conquered me. So in the beginning, I was unobtainable. I was in a relationship. And so he couldn't get me. So he absolutely was obsessed with me. You know, like he really, really, you know, wanted me. So when I became, when we got together and I got pregnant, that was like a switch turning off inside of him. Mm. It was Butter now you know there's no more real chase and I don't believe he consciously thought that but I know for a fact yeah that's what was going on and the, the attraction just left so I was just kind of like navigating this understanding of what's going on but then also trying to navigate the emotions of but this is really hurtful and I don't know how to get out of this because for me my dad is um, is an alcoholic and he right. let me down by a childhood. So this is what I'm referring to with going yeah. to university, reading a book and being like, oh my God, that's my, it literally said a child who is brought up with um, an alcoholic parent develops an ambivalent relationship, uh, an attachment style, which mm-hmm. an anxious attachment. And when I read what that actually meant, I was like, that is to the, point to the nail describing me and I was like wow so a child will literally grow up to be a certain way given their circumstance and it's literally so that blew me away um but anyway so I decided that the the anger and the pain was destroying me I remember watching um you know a Netflix let's say and he was laughing his head off and I'd just be set and all I was doing was replaying what he'd done to me. Mm. I was not, you know, I just was never, I was just living in my own world. Mm. Um, and I remember looking at him thinking, how come you get to laugh at Netflix and you're happy? You don't every day talk to yourself over what you've done to me, but I do. Yeah, like, yeah. How, that fair? Why is that fair? And then I realised, hold on a minute. I'm doing this to myself like it's a choice you know but I didn't understand you know that it was a choice I just couldn't get past the pain and the anger and the resentment so I remember thinking right I need to make a change now I need to become accountable for myself and I booked um to go see Tony Robbins yeah and I right I'm gonna go to Unleash the Power Within and I think just a few days prior I found out about him cheating on me and I was just like, right, okay, this was in the past. I'm going, you know, if I want to be with you and I want us to work for our daughter's sake, mm. then I'm going to have to draw a line. And if I said, if like, if I'm continuing to be here, then I can't keep holding it against you and I can't keep 
replaying it in my mind because it's toxic. So I decided I was going to go to this Tony Robbins event. I was going to transform my life and my relationship and everything was going to be great. So um, I ended up getting really bad flu. So I don't know if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins event, but it is hardcore. Oh, I know, yeah. Like I was 17 hours a day where you're on your feet, like jumping around, like it was intense. Mm. So I, I should have been in bed. So, yeah. you know, I was I was so physically and emotionally drained prior to going. And then even more so when I was there, I did have a load of, you know, light bulb moments and things. Um, but then I came home, like really ready to transform my life and my relationship. And the second I walked through the door, he just physically drained me. And I just thought, this isn't going to work if only one of us yeah. is working on ourselves. Yeah, you know? 100%. So I just thought there's only so much I can do because I can only meet you in the middle. And if you're going to stay over here, like I can't do the, the other stretch. You've got to meet me. Yeah. Uh, so the, the rest of my time then was um, trying to process my emotions, um, trying to not get so upset, you know, and be present in the moment and release a lot of things. But it was really, really difficult because... Monday to Thursday I was I was okay but then the weekend starts to come and I'm thinking he's going to go out he's going drinking who's going to talk to what's he going to do so I was riddled with anxiety so Mm -hmm. although I was doing my absolute best if your environment is toxic there's only so much you can actually do you know well that's what I believed at the time. Oh, and 100%, your environment plays such a vital part and yet people don't necessarily understand that or recognise it. But, you know, everything you're describing and you're saying is showing it's very one-sided and you were doing so much, but when you're not met in the middle, you can't change other people. And I think it's one of the biggest things we, growing up, we want to be the person that, that manages to tame the wild guy or, you know, the arsehole now suddenly becomes the prince and you you want to be the one to be the, the victor <laughs> in all of that. And, and, you know, we've all done it. We've all, like, dated absolute wankers, um, hoping that they would change, um, and, and they don't. And, like, you've made some really key points there about about the environment but about the choices and you making choices and also realization of meeting halfway and him not being there how was that then making you like you said obviously you were riddled with anxiety Friday Saturday Sunday but how did that make you feel when you saw that you were prepared to go to that meeting point but he wasn't well it was just slowly chipping away at me yeah where I and ultimately because of my degree, I understood that my, for my daughter, you know, between naught and seven is where your subconscious blueprint yeah, yeah. is. So I realized, well, if I grew up with an alcoholic dad, my ex wasn't an alcoholic, he was just a binge drinker, but mm. it has effect. And mm. I thought, I can't let my little girl grow up seeing me sad or being around what isn't love it's not love yeah Um, and so over time I knew that it wasn't going to change but I was so desperate that it would so I tried to change myself Mm. I I dyed my hair like pretty much blonde I mean I'm not a blonde you know I just lost myself trying 
be enough, trying to become the person that he would stop letting down. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing on Facebook a family friend had written a post about basically he always lodged his house out because he was a counsellor, um, independent MP, but he'd work all over the country. So he would always lodge his house because um, he had a few rooms. And I remember in the back of my mind logging that and thinking, if I have to leave, I will go there. Yeah. So I obviously knew, you know, yeah. and um going into my background ever so slightly in my childhood um after my dad left so I didn't really see him you know and I didn't know if he was coming or not you know yeah and I'd get told yeah your dad's coming and then he wouldn't come so I just was let down as a child but then my mum got with somebody who used to physically beat her 27 you know so my sister used to wake me up or make me go downstairs to interrupt them so that he'd stop beating her up. But bearing in mind, I was like three. Wow. Four, yeah. I was a baby. We were both babies. And so that was my childhood, predominantly mm. being let down by my dad, watching my mum get beat up, and then watching my mum cry 24-7. That was all That was all she did. She Bless her heart. She used to sit in the dark crying listening to Bon Jovi and Meatloaf that was my childhood Um, and then like you said you know our childhood is the foundation for everything and and leads on to to our future relationships our choices our decisions exactly that and this is what I came to realize so in the time with being with my ex I realized I'd attracted my dad yeah yeah so this is what I kept trying to say to him, like, it's not our fault. You know, I've attracted you, but you've attracted me. There's, you know, there must be something in your programming that's attracting me. And so yeah. I was trying to figure it out because I was, I just wanted us to slot together and work, you know, but yeah. we just, just couldn't. Um, but anyway, so I, this one particular night, this was the final straw for me. Um, I went, he went on a night out and he was supposed to just go for a works meal at like mm. o'clock and be home by nine and at about half eight nine o'clock I'd not eaten so I said please can you bring me some food back and he said no I won't be back anytime soon I might be out for another hour so just get a takeaway so I instantly just felt sick because yeah. it was like a Wednesday night you know so I didn't anticipate that that was going to happen so yeah. instantly feeling sick again and then long story short he, he didn't come home till like 5am in the morning and Ivela had thrown up in her cot she was 14 months at the time she'd thrown up everywhere so in the middle of the night I'd had to get up and sort her out and I got her in bed with me and it was about 3am and he still wasn't home and I just remember laying there just thinking I cannot do this anymore yeah and he came back and he'd absolutely kill me if he ever listened to this, but he uh, wet the bed mm. all like whilst his daughter was in the bed. And I just, it enraged me. And anyway, so I remember waking up and being so angry and saying, you know, I can't believe you do this. And he, he said, go find yourself a teetotal because I am never going to change. Wow. And 
I just thought, listen to him, Hyder. Listen. Yeah. yeah. He's going to change. He doesn't want to change. And the issue is we desperately want them to change. But if they don't want to, want you're fine. No. And what happened was I shouted at him. And Ivela, she couldn't talk at the time. And she just went, <sighs> like that. That's all she did. She just did this little noise. And I went, oh, my God, I'm leaving. Mm. Anyway, of course you are. Heard it all before. And I went, no, I am leaving. And I was really calm. And in my mind, that was a boundary I was never going to cross. I was never going to shout in front of my child. She's never going to see me crying, fighting, arguing, because, you know, I've gone the opposite way from my childhood. Yeah, yeah. So I crossed my own boundary. So I instantly, that was it, snap decision. I don't care how much I want you to change. I don't care how much I want this family. We are going to affect our daughter, and I won't allow that. Mm. So I'd seen this post about lodging mm. six months prior, and I just sent a message. Um, he was my half-sister's uncle. Right. But I saw him as family. I saw him as a friend. We mm. used to go to, um, you know, the pub for a Sunday lunch together. We'd go to Overgate Charity Balls together. Like, I really valued him as a person. So, anyway, I'm very impulsive. So I was just like, I need to move in. You know, mm. it's room. And he was and he said yes. So anyway, I did. And I I did it because I knew I had to, but yeah. deep down I desperately wanted him to come after me. I wanted him to think, shit, she's yeah. actually left. She's actually left. What am I gonna do? And I wanted it to be a sudden realization of all that he had, and he didn't come after me. Yeah. You know, and that was the hard that was the hardest thing for me to accept was that I was fighting something that wasn't worth fighting for. Yeah. I was yeah. the only one fighting for it. You know, so that was the hardest thing for me. Yeah, you know, and I totally get that. And, you know, often we can test people, can't we, in the hopes that we oh, we get our answers. But the reality is whenever you put someone in that testing situation, you've, you've got to accept that you might not get the outcome that you want. But the reality, I suppose, and, you know, you'll probably share this a bit more, that then I guess gave you the answers to then have the, the freedom to know that you'd made the right decision. Yeah, well, what happened then was it was really interesting. So, um, yeah, I didn't want to live there. It was it was soul destroying. But I, I remember him kind of making like a little bit of an effort. It was minuscule, pathetic, mm. but I was willing to take it. Yeah. And um, basically, because it was around Christmas, so I left on the 12th of December. So, yeah, well, actually, the 12th of the 12th, that's interesting because yeah. I have a lot um numerology is huge for me so yes, yeah, that, yeah I've only just realized that um but yeah so he said should we go Christmas shopping together for Vela and I knew that was his kind of way of saying like let's see if we can have a nice day together yeah. and I um yeah yeah cool yeah we'll do that and it was also my cousin's wedding on the 22nd so I was like, yeah, 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 that's cool. We'll do that. So that was the 18th of December. On the 17th of December, at 11 o'clock at night, 
I get an Instagram message off of this random guy who I'd met um, at one of his friend's birthday parties. And um, he, he was lovely. And we were talking about his little girl. And um, at the time, he was fighting to see his daughter. So I was like really engrossed in our conversation. And mm. he just really genuine. So anyway, because he'd met me at that time, He'd actually known that Billy was cheating on me, but at the time he it was not his place to tell me. We were yeah. clearly together at this party together, and he just saw it as it's not my place. But because he was speaking to me, he thought, "You bastard, she's mm. great. Like you don't know what you've got." So anyway, he must have gathered from my social media that I wasn't in my house, and he sent me a message and said, "Hi Heidi, I, I'm just wondering have have you and your partner split up?" Mm. and said um yeah we have why and he said because I've wanted to tell you something for a long time um but I never saw it as my place but I feel like I should now so this is at like half 11 at night now the day before I go Christmas shopping with him and he said yeah I was in um you know a local bar and I saw him all over this girl and you know they were kissing and taking pictures together and he said and I met you at that party and thought that's just awful. Mm. Then he, I went on Tinder like a few months later and matched with that same girl, but I only realised once I was actually on the date and I said, "Hold on a minute, Have, you know, do you know Heidi and whoever?" And mm. uh, she, yeah, he's, he's he's always messaging me. Um, he's always doing this, that, and the other, you know. And uh, and he said, "I just." thought you deserved to know so I asked her to if I could tell you and she's given me some screenshots for you to see so I was just like right Mm. so sent me all this information I messaged her literally at like midnight and she replied she was online and she she sent me more stuff told me everything and so in the morning we were supposed to go Christmas shopping and I thought this was going to be us getting back together and he said what time should I pick you up and I said change of plans you're not picking me up. You're going to ring the Halifax and you're going to buy me out of the mortgage. Mm. And like, what? And I was like, you will be buying me out of the mortgage today. And he mm. was just, what are you talking about? And I, you know, I, I lost it, you know, gave him a load of abuse. That's, that's her. Mm. But I, that's it. Like we will never reconcile. I rang my cousin. I said, give his place away. I was a bridesmaid. I said, give his place away. She said, Heidi, once I do that, I'm not going back on that. You can't reclaim me. I can't uninvite somebody. Yeah. And I, that is exactly why I'm asking you to do that because I know I can't go back on it. And mm. I said, I have had enough of being mm. this low, having such low self-esteem that I allow this behavior. Mm. I would give and that was the start of me growing some balls and being like enough is enough I'm not putting up with it anymore yeah yeah you know so that that was what happened for me and then it just became a a journey from then on yeah yeah and you know the thing is we all have our limits every single one of us has our limits um and we can put up with shit after shit after shit after shit I've I've had abusive um relationships sexual and physical abuse I've had um you know people cheat on me and be fucking assholes and you know 
and I've gone back and you think, oh yeah, but they probably didn't mean it and I'm sure that I can change it. And, and the reality is, as, and, and as harsh as it is, when you then make decisions like that, it's ultimately your choice. It was my choice to go back. It was your choice to stay. Um, what I love about you is that, is that you are so aware of trying to understand it that sometimes it can go in our favor and sometimes it can go against us by keeping us there to try and to change um, other people. But we all have our limits and then we get to that point and it's like, do you know what, fuck it. I, I yeah. can't do this anymore. Um, where you've reached your absolute rock bottom. So having got to that point, um, what, what, did, what kind of strategies or how did you start to pull yourself through the other side? Because you're very self-aware yeah. um, anyway, but you know, what things did you draw on to really help you to move through that? Because there's going to be people listening who are in relationships like this right now or who've just left relationships and are perhaps, you know, on that cusp of I might go back, I'm not lovable. Um, how did you rebuild it? Because hearing everything that you're saying, for me, that there was um, obviously with your past, with your dad, with your relationship with your ex, were you looking for love from other people because you didn't necessarily have the love yourself? Did self-love come into, into play with you on your journey? So where were you with that? Yeah, so for me, as, as you said, because I am so aware, I you know what I did was I wrote down um like a pros and cons list and the cons you know were just off the scale it was ridiculous and the pros were not really anything you know those was like he's a good dad it's like well you can maintain being a good dad without being in a relationship with me you know I was like nothing really like what am I so desperate for you know so when I wrote it all down on paper I thought and this is what I would say to the listeners. Are you losing the love of your life who lifts you up, who makes you feel like the best version of yourself, who loves you unconditionally? Because I can guarantee it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's actually you're losing somebody that makes you feel like shit. And you're, th- th- what we're fighting for is to feel like we're enough, but you're no. never going because that's an inside job and that was what happened for me I realized why do I why am I so desperate for you to want me back because I didn't want him back I didn't want Mm. to go back to that life ever but I Mm. want want me back the fact I expected him to come on this white horse you know I wanted him to break down the door and serenade me and sing and shout at my window you know, I yeah. actually out of the window thinking, where the fuck are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on, what's going on? Yeah. Is that external? Is the external validation, isn't it, for other yeah. people to tell you that you're enough because you're not feeling it yourself? Yeah, well, 100%. And, and I realized, right, hold on a minute, Heidi. You absolutely don't want him as he is back. Yeah. Who you want to come on a, a night in shining armor is the person that's realized all of his faults, re, you know, realized that he wants to change all of his ways. Like it's never going to happen. And what happens is we live with rose tinted specs on, and we we 
missing a relationship that we didn't even have. We're mourning the relationship we always hoped we would have. But yeah. it's her, you know, like I was mourning that I wasn't going to have more children with him and we wasn't going to be a perfect family. But that was never going to happen. I would have been utterly miserable for the rest of my life. Yeah. Do you know what? So what happened for me was... Um, it's 11-11 I... as we were saying that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I myself in mindset. So for me, um, it we went into lockdown. I, my advice is to do, it would just be to take every single day as it came, you know. So like one day I'd wake up and I'd feel okay. The next day I'd feel absolutely horrendous. But I just had to get through to the next day. That was all I could think about, like... Mm just get through another day, another day, because, and I kept telling myself, Heidi, before you know it, it will be a year, it will be two, you will be over this, you know, so I just had to get myself through to the next day, but what I would do is I would go on YouTube, and I would listen to people like Dr. Jodie Spencer and Dr. Bruce Lipton, Marissa Pierce, and I, what I wanted to do was understand why even though I don't want him, why do I still feel so rejected, so worthless? Like, how do I get rid of this feeling? I don't know how. Mm. Like, I'm never going to be okay with it. And I remember he used to come to the house to pick up a veiler. And I, I remember doing my makeup and really wanting, you know, to open up the door and pretend I was absolutely fine and hoping that he'd see me and think, what am I playing at, you know? Mm. And he never did. And that was so destroying for me. And I thought, I can't carry on like this. Mm. So when he watched Marissa Peer, and obviously she does RTT, so Rapid Transformational Therapy, which is essentially reprogramming your subconscious. Now, so I realised that my not to 7 was an absolute shit show. Yeah. I've attracted my dad. And in other relationships, I've attracted similar things. So yeah. I'm thinking, well... I quite clearly I need to change my programming then because I'm always going to attract the same demon but in another man you know yeah yeah so I just thought like it it, it has I have to change something within me so mm. I made a I wasn't going to date and I wasn't going to meet anyone for a minimum of a year and I was just going to work on myself and I thought like how do I reprogram myself so um I joined this group on Facebook where women basically like spoke about the troubles and the worries and um you know I was giving people advice and things and then there was this one woman on there called Esther um she's called Esther Seymour and I went on her we just hit it off immediately like every advice she gave to somebody I loved it I was like that's bang on and mm. every advice I gave to somebody she would love it and I thought we just get it you know mm. so you know, we were back and forth and I thought I really, really want to study RTT therapy. And now I looked into it. It was £10,000 for the course. I'd have to be in London for two years, uh, months, sorry, or weeks, sorry. <laughs> and I thought, I don't have £10,000 and I, I, I won't leave Avila for two weeks. So I can't, you know, it's, I can't. Mm. Anyway, I went on Esther's profile and it said RTT therapist. And I just saw that as alignment. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to book in. 
So uh, I had a call with her because she always does like an hour, you know, mm. free. And she blew my mind and she said, Heidi, this is not about Billy. It's not about him. Mm. She said, this is about little Heidi who feels rejected by her dad. She mm. said, we heal your past. And I promise you by the end of me, you won't give a fuck about Billy. And I was like, oh my God, sign me up, sign me up. You know, like, that sounds amazing. So I had this RTT therapy, which is just one session. That's it. You have one session. And um, it completely changed my life because in within that therapy, you go back to being a child. Yeah. And you essentially are like healing your child. And I, I remember- do this. I'm a hypnotherapist and, and do in child healing. And the results are just phenomenal. It's they my are. favorite thing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely everybody needs it, you know. Mm. That transformed my life then because when I see anybody that's nasty or does things like cheating and hurting people or, you know, the bitter or angry, whatever it is, I just think, what's going on inside of you? And I see them as a hurt child. I literally just like, well, if I were programming started from not to seven that is the basis of your programming and you haven't been given the appropriate love and guidance then you might be a 40 year old man but you're just a hurt little boy yeah. and stopped taking things personally yes, and, I, yeah. and, and I just thought what's going on within you but because I take this stance of it's not personal that really enhances the empath in me and that kind of went against me in a way because yeah. it was like allow behaviors and have zero boundaries because I'd be like, I understand why, why they're doing that. It's not personal, mm. you know? So for me, it then went on to navigating, right. Okay. So I actually understand everything now, but how do I put boundaries in place and how do I actually change? Because yeah. I've always, like people pleasing type of person where I don't like conflict I want everything to be fine but at the cost of me I was under the carpet trying to make everything okay accepting what people did because I understood it's not personal and you know they're just a hurt child but then that led me down a new path then because and I love this analogy and it was what one of my lecturers said they said counseling where you're just talking therapy has its place and it's really good but if you've got a plate full of spaghetti as in your head what counseling does is it gives you a plate full of straight spaghetti so yeah you might have untangled a few things and you might understand why you are the way that you are but you've still got a head full of spaghetti Mm. it's just and I was like wow I love that because Mm -hmm. How do I get rid of the spaghetti then? Like, how do I get rid? So I, you know, I, I immersed myself in all of, you know, like I never watched TV. I just, YouTube was my best friend. Podcasts were my best friend. I was obsessed with learning and growing and, you know, understanding um, how I could help myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I've missed, I've missed a really important thing here, actually. So I remember getting there and the person that I was living with, 
I, the house, although it was big, it was really dirty. It was so old, so it was a hoarder. You've never seen cobwebs like it in your life. Like the cobwebs were black and huge. You know, like what you see in a haunted mansion in a movie? It was like that. And everything was everywhere. It was dirty. It was grimy. And he would like fill, he'd have a bath every single day because we went into lockdown. So it was just there together. And he would have a bath from like 7 till 9 a.m. in the morning. He'd leave the door wide open and he would molt, right? So every morning I'd walk into the bathroom and there'd just be hair all over the bath. Or I'd like go to walk in and he'd be in there and I'd think, what are you doing? You know, and and then this one particular night, he was really drunk, really, really drunk. And he started making sexual um innuendos and and like I put some music on and he was like oh this is my favorite song take me to bed right now now this is somebody who's like nearly 50 who I see as an uncle yeah in what the hell like what is going on here yeah progressed and progressed and progressed made me feel really uncomfortable and I remember that night saying right I'm going to bed brushing my teeth and I had to walk down the stairs and along the corridor to my bedroom and he goes up and, and past to his bedroom. So we have to cross on the stairs. Yeah. And um, he was at the bottom of the stairs and I was coming down and he smacked my bum and said, you're an arsehole, Heidi, but at least you've got a nice ass." And I was so upset because that was not the person that I knew. No. And obviously alcohol, I I do believe alcohol is the root of all evil because it's also, if you use it, can be the most amazing tool because it brings everything out. You yeah. know, there's the people, you know, people always make jokes like, oh, she's the crier. Then you've got the one that's really loud and crazy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. out, doesn't it? Or there's yeah. the anger one. Like, yeah, it literally releases your inner demons that come out to play do you know what I mean yeah yeah and then the anxiety part is is trying to grab them all back in and deny them you know what I mean and so I just thought alcohol has brought out something new that I didn't know was there and I remember going to bed and crying my eyes out but it filled me with so much anger which was already there because I've got so much anger towards men from my past anyway, which yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't consciously realise that until this year. Mm-hmm. Which I, but it filled me with so much anger. So every night I used to have a bath and then I'd come downstairs and I'd talk to him, very intelligent man. From then on, I would have a bath and go into my bedroom. That was it. Like, mm. I would not stairs, I would not converse. I I I was riddled with anger and resentment towards him. Riddled with anger and resentment towards Billy. Mm. Just so angry. I can't even tell you. And then I just started, I really went into a victim phase. Yes, yeah. Like, fuck you. Fuck everyone. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. All my friends, we all, me and my two best friends had children at the exact same time. So my best friend had a baby a week after me. And then our other best friend had a baby three weeks after now they were in really stable, loving relationships. And 
I remember just crying my eyes out 24-7, just thinking, why me? Yeah. Why? Like, why can't, it, why can't everything just be all right, you know? So I was just filled with just so much anger that my life wasn't where it wanted, where I wanted it to be, but I had no, no control over it. Like, as I said, I was in debt. You know, I had nowhere else to go. We're in lockdown. Yeah. So it was kind of, I felt trapped 100%. Mm. And you're allowed to go out on a little walk. And I remember crying my eyes out, walking around and just thinking, how, how am I going to get out of this? Like every single day is pain and mm. anger. Like how, and all I could think of was, I am going to pay my debt and I'm going to save some money and I'm going to buy my house. Like I was determined. So mm. I turned that pain into power. Yeah. And um, I've, I do network marketing and I've literally funneled all of that into my business and it completely blew up and I was able to pay my debt and save a load of money. But I still had this like, you know, just just anger and resentment that's all I can explain it as and I remember this this had gone on for a few months and I remember coming down the stairs one day and he's and he, one of the nicest men you'll ever meet and he's and he said oh so I thought and mm. he said uh, morning sunshine he went you look lovely and I, ju- I just felt awful you know because I just thought oh, I know everybody feels energy you walk into a room and somebody's had an argument they might oh, be silent yeah, yeah. You, oh, they've had an argument energy is undeniable mm. and i he must be feeling my energy and i felt yeah. it because i thought i am angry at you but you were really drunk you wouldn't normally do that you know so then i started backtracking and i felt really bad and anyway i just thought I need to get out of this zone because there's nothing I can do about it. I can't go anywhere right yeah. now. So my advice to anybody that's listening is, can you do something about it? And if the answer is no, you can't, well, then you've got to change the way that you look at it. So yeah. I, so the, every single morning I'd go in that bathroom and it'd be full of hair and it, it would start my day with anger, genuinely. Yeah. I'd walk in and think, you scruffer, bastard, you know, and just yeah. get mad. And then, um, or like, because he would have a bath from seven till nine, that's prime time. Like, I want to get up. I want to use the bathroom. I want to brush my teeth. Get yeah. out of the... Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be mad. Anyway, I remember going on this walk and taking a deep breath and thinking, right, I can't, there's nothing I can do to change it. There's nothing I can do. Other than how you respond to it. Yes. I've thought it's about mm-hmm. me. So if I can't change how I feel about like if I can't change the circumstance, I'm gonna have to change how I react to it and how I feel yeah. about it. Um I remember watching um all of the mindset things that I did always spoke about gratitude. Yeah. And I remember um suddenly just realizing like, hold on a minute. I am spending every single day with my baby girl, who I love and adore, unhappy, full of anger and resentment and determined Mm. to get her our house and then I'll be happy. Mm. I will be 
once I've got our house and I'm out of here. Mm. And then don't even ask me where this came from, but it was obviously divinely guided. And I suddenly thought, right, if anything happened to Avela, if God forbid something happened and Avela passed away, I would have lived in that house with the hairy bath for the rest of my life to bring her back. Yeah. I would live tent and forfeit having any money for the rest of my life to bring her back. I suddenly realized my happiness wasn't in the house. It no. was there in front of me. Yeah. Right at that moment, my happiness is my baby in us right now, in this moment. Not I'll be happy when. No, I'll be happy now. And all of a sudden, it, I've got goosebumps now. It literally changed everything. And I started being like, do you know what? I'm going to go to Tesco and I'm going to buy 10 ton of bleach. And every morning when I get up and I walk in that stupid bathroom, <laughs> with that stupid hairy bath, I'm going to swill it round with, <laughs> with, with bloody bleach. Yeah. And... And I'm going to get the fuck over it. Yeah. Do you know? Like, okay. I actually said to him one day, right, we were walking past and I were there with the shower hose. <laughs> and I went, can I ask you a question? And he went, yeah. And I went, are you ever going to clean out this bath? <laughs> he was like, well. And I went, you mot. And he went, <laughs> he said, well, it was a double bath, you see. It was massive. Like ridiculous. And he said, Well, by the time I get out and I put a towel on my hair and I get dressed, it's still not drained. And I went, Well, well the answer is no, you're not gonna clean the bath. Right. So <laughs> I was like, right, he's never gonna clean the bath. So, you know, I thought, right, I'm gonna have to just clean it myself then, you know. So I got all this bleach. But every day, rather than getting so angry that I needed to do that, I just accepted yeah. that's what I've got to do. Yeah. get over accept it get over it and then all of a sudden I just had I was walking around and the views were so although I hated the house and everything were falling to bits and the radiator didn't work and there were so many in in Avela's bedroom it didn't and that used to drive me insane but mm -hmm. I just thought to myself hold on a minute this view is absolutely breathtaking and it might not be the most amazing house inside, but I'm still in a house and it's really, really warm. He always mm. used to pump out the heating. And as a kid, I used to hog the fire. I was always so cold as a kid. Yeah. So I went on this walk, taking in all these beautiful views and I walked in the house and the heat hit my face. And I remember thinking, oh, I am so grateful for, for, for warmth. Yeah. And then I remember like, being in bed and I put my feet on the, the carpet and I thought I've got carpet like Love I've got it. a roof over my head I've got heating I've got electricity I've, mm. I can walk to the bathroom uh you know no sorry the sink and I can get a glass of water I can have a hot bath I I've got arms to clean that bath Do you yeah know what I mean? I've got money to buy bleach to clean that bath and all of a sudden I just realized that I was rich I can't explain it other than mm -hmm. that was like hold on a minute I've got Evela we're happy we're healthy we're safe 
and I've got money in my bank and I've got a future ahead of me. I'm paying off my debt. And you know what? Yeah, Rob's annoying as hell, but he makes my tea. And he ultimately, without him, I wouldn't have a roof over my head. So damn, Heidi Miner, you need to be grateful for what you've got. Yeah. Because powerful is powerful. Realize what they've got. Totally. You know, and when I ask people what you're grateful for, they seriously struggle to think of what they're grateful for. Now, let me ask you this. I think this is an amazing question for people. People think that money would solve all their problems, yeah? Mm. So if I said to somebody, to the viewers listening, right, okay, I will give you £10 million in exchange for your eyesight, Mm. would they take it? Well, there would be some that would, but hopefully not many. You just don't know, do you? In exchange for your eyesight and your hearing. Mm take the £10,000 for they're not going to experience anything no you know what I mean all right okay well I'm gonna I'll give you £10,000 but I want your legs like yeah and you know everything you're saying is a real mic drop moment because the reality is we get caught up in in the victim mode and in our poor me mode that we don't see what's right in front of us at all exactly it but for me Okay, you give me a thousand uh, million pounds in exchange for your legs. No way, no way. right? Yeah. Okay, so I value what I have here and now more than money. So when I realized, hold on a minute, I've got what money can't buy Why? Right, exactly right now, and I started realizing, like, oh my god, I am rich. I've, I've literally got, I've got my eyesight, I've got my hearing, I've got a healthy child, I've got my legs I've got a roof over my head I've got a cup of coffee I love coffee you know what I mean and all of a sudden that stupid hairy bath that used to drive me insane it was suddenly absolutely irrelevant yeah and and nothing changed but me yeah yeah the way that I saw it changed and everything changed from that moment on and it was just a perspective shift. And what happens is people get in relationships and all they can do is focus on what somebody's doing that's annoying them. So, yeah, Rob, doing my head, he made these sexual remarks and then he's, he's, the baths used to drive me insane. But I, because I was so focused in on that, I didn't see... And on see, the anger. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that he made my tea every night and I didn't mm. see that the house was beautiful and warm that he's he's pumping that out do you know what I mean like mm. if I ever needed a lift anywhere he's he's going to help there so mm. I just realized that it was a perspective shift and it's like going to the opticians and they're putting some glasses on you and I had my angry yeah. you know, spectacles on and all I needed was to change my perspective and I saw it a thousand times clearer and I was just like oh wow there was so much that I've missed because my perspective, my focus was on something completely different. So I, I mean, feel- there's so much power in the ability to see things differently. And it's such a, a small sentence that packs a lot of power when people hear it and act on it in the right way. But if you, like you say, if you change your view or change your, you know, your, your lenses and see things differently, it's like um, someone was saying, I think 56th Avenue or something in New York, right? You can stand at the bottom of the building and all you see is congestion and 
And yeah. you go to the top of the same building and you've got a view of the whole of New York City, Manhattan, you know, all of that. And it looks amazing. The place is the same. You've changed your view and how you see things. And it's so true. Yeah, I saw that and I absolutely loved that. And that really yeah. resonated with me because I realised that I'd done the same thing. And I just then got to work on, right, what what can I change then to make things better? Yeah. And if I change it how am I going to change how I view it and to me coming back to gratitude every single time is mm. what and I think in sometimes in relationships people get so bogged down with thinking and focusing on the things that pisses them off about the partner that they forget all of the other things and I said to one of my best friends like she's been in a relationship with a partner for like 10 years and she was just feeling uncertain of her future and I said, listen, do you actually appreciate him? Do you appreciate what he does? I said, you don't even have to work. Like, he goes out and he graphs and he comes home and he's loving to you and he's loving yeah. to your child. And I was like, he takes the bins out. Are you grateful that he takes the bins out? Like, and I asked her this, I said, if he died tomorrow, would you, would you, have all of those annoying things back to have him back would mm. you annoying things he did I said and would you think fuck I did not appreciate him I said because that that's what's missing a lot of the time that people all they do is all they can see because you've literally that's that's where your focus is all they can yeah. see is that wind them up and do the reading but everything is energy so they can feel your energy to them guarantee if you say do you know what I'm actually so grateful that you provide for the family and that you're here and that you're not going out and you're not cheating and whatever. Like actually mm. just be appreciative of that person, you know, in that moment can really change everything. Oh, 100%. And, 100%. I love that. Some people who, they are in toxic relationships. They are, if you know, if somebody is hitting you, cheating on you and you're still staying, that is just that is literally showing you what you need to heal in you you've mm. just got immensely high, uh, low self-esteem you know mm. low standards and I it took me a long time to realize that that I had such low standards but then when I when I unpacked it all I realized that I felt comfortable in sadness mm. Mm. yeah I play that was my home you know just going back like I I, I absolutely adore your view, um, everything you're saying, I totally agree with. Going back to that question about the money, and I said, no, 100%, I wouldn't, but there would be some people out there that would think, yes, if I get that, it would be, I'd be willing to sacrifice it because it will bring me happiness. And I think we cling to so much of, one, happiness being a destination rather than a journey, and two, we put so much pressure on money filling us and solving everything and the reality is you have just so brilliantly highlighted that your circumstances did not change at all but how you viewed it and how you felt inside made your life and you feel rich you yeah know, one money you can have 100 million pounds in the bank and feel lonely as fuck and yeah. And empty. And like well, we've seen that with Robbie Williams, haven't we? Like he was really, really rich and, and miserable. Yeah, there's a story of the billionaire who killed himself. And, and this was a guy in Germany who was a billionaire. One of his companies lost like 2.5 billion. 
he's still a billionaire. Yeah. But he threw himself in front of a train tracks. Why? Because money doesn't mean anything. It was about how that made him feel worthless that his company went under. And it's all about how you feel. So mm. when you change how you feel inside, everything changes. And that's when things start to change for me because I literally, every day, I'd go outside and I'd feel the sun beaming on my face and I'd feel absolutely rich as fuck. I'd just be like, oh my God, I'm so blessed. Like, that I can go outside, that I've got legs. Like, there are people who don't have legs who mm. get up and go outside down the lane and sit in a field, you know, with the sun on their faces. They mm. physically do that. And it was like, I realised, like, oh, my God, you are so rich right now. Yeah, mm. You know, when health is wealth, it is. And there's every day somebody's waking up with a cancer diagnosis or a loved one's passed away or, you know, whatever it may be. So every day that I wake up and I'm healthy and I'm happy and I'm safe is an absolute blessing, you know. And every day, every morning, I start my day with my gratitudes. And I know some people will think like, "Oh, it's cool to do gratitudes now." Mm. I saw somebody actually write that on Instagram. Mm. She was, like, "Oh, it's cool to do gratitudes now." And I was like, "It's not cool. What it is is social media is so prevalent that you're seeing that more people are doing it. Some mm. people, bandwagon." But for me, I understood that my personal frequency, my energy, how I feel is going to affect my entire life. So I prime myself and start my and day. That, yeah, and that's the difference because you're basing your gratitude on feeling grateful. Where I, I've seen so many people do the gratitude piece um, as a robot. I'm yeah. grateful for this, I'm grateful for this. And they'll write a list and not feel a thing. And, and that's exactly that. It's just, yeah. it's just the absolute pointless activity if you don't feel yeah. it. Like yeah. I felt so unbelievably lucky to be living in that house, you know, regardless of the fact that it was run down and cobwebs everywhere and it was a hoarder and mm. you know, I felt that it was a bit creepy. I just focused entirely on the fact that I was so lucky, you know, to to be in the house in that area, have mm. a roof on my head, you know. And I just think like sometimes I, I thought to myself, like, there are people who live on the streets and the only light they have is the street lights mm. and the moon. Like to, that to me is insane. Like People do not appreciate a roof over the head and electricity. They don't. Yeah. And it's just you have a paper cut or you have a cold and you can't breathe. How much do you appreciate being able to breathe when you've got a cold? Mm-hmm. You actually feel bad for all the times you didn't appreciate. Or when you have a, like a, a sore throat, I think, oh, I don't appreciate not having a sore throat. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, And I always just thought to myself, like, there is so much to be grateful for in every given moment. Yeah. And I, I, I watched this guy, uh, Sad Simov, I think he's called, and I love him on Instagram. I adore him, actually. And he's very sassy. And I joined one of his calls, and I was really, really blown away by it because he's got this very sassy energy where he had, like, thigh-high boots on, long hair, like, spinning around and things. And I thought he was going to join this Zoom in these thigh high boots, high energy, you know, mm. and he wasn't, and he was just so calm and he just spoke so eloquently and beautifully about gratitude. 
And that opened up my gratitude floodgate even more. I didn't think I could expand it. And mm. based on what he said, which really, really like was an eye opener for me, was he said, everything is a collective energy. He said, the takeaway that you've got tonight. So are you grateful for the person who delivered it? The person that cooked it? The person that actually planted that fruit or mm-hmm. that like that tomato mm. has planted by somebody, harvested, packaged, driven to a supermarket. Somebody's packed it on the supermarket shelves. Somebody's then beeped it for you to get it. Then somebody's yeah. cut it, cooked it. Somebody's then driven it to you. Like, are you actually grateful for the... So, yeah, you, you're grateful for the food you're eating, but you're actually grateful for all that went into that? Wow, you know yeah. Like any, anything that coffee that you're gonna drink, right? Well, who who made that? And who made yeah. the glass bottle and, and everything that went into it? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh my god, I'm so grateful for that. Right, I'm grateful I've got a roof over my head, but damn, I'm grateful for the whoever built Person it. That built it, yeah. Like, yeah. like, thank you. I adore my house. Like, oh my god, you know, and I, it made me realize that like when you stop focusing on just yourself and you feel like, why me? And it's a me problem. It's, it, it's really not, you know? And I just think you, sometimes you just need a perspective change and that all it was yeah. for me. Yeah. Perspective, and that's when everything really, really did change for me. But then obviously I became homeless. So everything kind of did change there. So in the, um, I think it was like the August time I'd paid off my debt. I'd saved like 12 grand or something. I was so buzzing, you know, that in such a short amount of time, I'd managed to change my circumstance. And then I'm not, I'm not allowed to properly open up about this just yet. Like I will when I can. Um, But very long story short, I had to call the police. He was arrested and it's been a year and a half now. So I was instantly homeless overnight. It's wow. been a year now that he's been on bail. And um, he was due in court on Wednesday last week and he's fled the country. Oh, God. So, yeah, so I don't know what the hell's going on, but what that did for me was I was in such a great place because I'd managed to control my emotions. I knew that every day I could get myself in a good state of gratitude and all that. What then happened was I had to move in with my mum. So I had my two-year-old daughter and I living in my brother's little bedroom with bin, surrounded by bin bags, thinking, and I, I'll never forget being in that police car at like 5 a.m. in the morning with my little girl in my arms. I think I'm, I'm going to get a little bit upset. But I just remember thinking, like, how's my life got to this? Mm. Hell? Am I in the back of a police car with my little baby asleep on my lap? Mm. Am I like that again? And I just thought, like, why me? Mm. So I went back into that. I'm just, I've just got myself in a good state again. Why is this happening to me again? But it was the biggest blessing of my whole entire life that. And I think if you, if you see life as not why is this happening to me, but for what you. is happening for me? What is it showing me? Mm. And I, for me, I've always self-medicated, so I've always drank alcohol to numb the pain. And um, I remember just 
hitting the bottle and just drinking wine, you know, and just copious amounts, you know. And what happened then was I then started getting really angry. And if you were to meet me, you would think, like, you would, nobody in the world would describe me as an angry person. They just wouldn't. And I would have never have even said I had any anger inside of me. I wouldn't. Mm. You know, other than the bloody hairy bath, like, I didn't <laughs> feel like I had anger inside of me. Yeah. And what I realised was I can't go on this way. Like, I'm literally just drinking myself to escape my reality. Like, it numbs it for me. It allows me to break free from it temporarily. There's only a few-hour window where you feel all right, and then you go past the point of no return. You yeah. slow have a clue what's going on then you wake up riddled with anxiety so for me it was like I had a major major wake-up call one morning where I rang the doctor and said I need some help because I was having panic attacks anxiety attacks whenever I'd see a car that looks like the car of the man that I used to live with I'd have a full-blown anxiety attack then everybody had masks on so I'd be in the supermarket and I'd think I'd see him and I'd have a panic attack yeah yeah and I just was like, oh, my God. I, I, so I rang the doctors and I said that I needed help. And basically they offered me some counselling. And they, they offered me, I think it was like Searchline or something like that. And um, I remember going to the doctors and being like, no, I'm not going to take that. I'm actually not going to take that. I don't need an antidepressant. I need to stop quitting. I need to quit alcohol. Mm. I need to heal. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. I don't have- I appreciate modern medicine. I really do. My mum was on antidepressants for 20 years. But I realised for me, I don't want a tablet to chemically try and let out. I want to heal what's imbalancing me. So that then led me on to, you know, a huge therapy journey. I had another therapy session with my friend Esther, who I really absolutely adore um you know and she's helped me so so much um but then I also had another therapy session with somebody else I had like a 12 week therapy session that cost me like two grand up front which mm. I didn't want to do at that point but I was just like right I'm gonna pay for it because I need the help and I appreciate not everybody can pay for that mm. and if you follow people like me mm. follow Go on YouTube, immerse yourself in people who are going to share the story, who are going to motivate you and inspire you. You have, you are the sum of the five people that you spend your most time with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to spend my time with Tony Robbins then and Bruce Spencer. Yeah. And, uh, Bruce Lipton, sorry, and Jodie Spencer. Mm. I'm going to spend my time then with them. And mm. that's what I immerse myself in my self-healing process. Do free courses. Take advantage of what people are giving you and soak up as much as you can and understand that it's a personal thing, like you have control of it. And I think the number one thing that I say to people is take goddamn responsibility for yourself. Stop saying, yes, but he drove me to that. Yeah. You know, I had a phone call with somebody last night. She rang me, pissed out of her face, crying, saying, I've had my kids taken off me. He drove me to that. And I said, you need to take goddamn responsibility right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I understand that. I appreciate that. But ultimately, you chose to do this. Yeah. And I said, and you can choose to get your kids back. Do you know what yeah. I mean? 
Oh, like, so, so powerful. I love it. It's so powerful. And, and what I, I can relate totally to what you were then saying about the alcohol side of things and numbing the pain. When I was going through the aftermath of my abuse, I drank all the time. Literally, I went traveling for a year and I think I was pissed for a year. And it was just pure escapism. And I ran away because I didn't want to deal with it all. And and um, and it's that I just recently in the last six months, I've gone on my next level energy healing um, journey. And it has been incredible. And the amount that we store inside of our bodies is unreal. Yeah. Um, and the energetics of that and going back to the feelings, I'd blocked all feelings. So when, you know, you were yeah, speaking about I gratitude... I didn't know how to feel because I was like, if, if I feel I'll get hurt. So I blocked it. And, and now that's all opened up and it's like, oh my God, I haven't felt for 25 years in the way that I'm feeling now. And it's just, it is amazing, but it comes from healing within, yeah. not outside. Yeah. I spent a lot of time trying to, I always controlled how I felt and I always predicted the worst. I always expected the worst because then I'm prepared for it. Yes. Yeah. But like I was told that Billy had cheated on me. And I remember literally being like, Yeah, all right. And I remember my friends being like, Are you like are you okay? But and I said, yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean, I always I already knew. But mm. something really, really important for me to understand was the understanding that I felt comfortable in sadness. So what people need to know is that if you've got a blueprint, if you've got beliefs that you're not good enough, you are going to find and seek out people who are going to confirm that to you forevermore until you start to believe you are good enough. The thing that happens is people go searching for forevermore to find somebody that's finally going to make them feel like they're enough. It's never going to happen because you're giving them that power. So ultimately they can instantly take it away and suddenly you're not good enough again. You know, for me now, I'm in a really stable, amazing relationship with my partner, Sam. And I said to him, if you cheated on me now, I would genuinely feel sorry for you that you've lost me yeah like I would feel so sorry for you like you've messed up pal and then I'd think okay why am I still attracting people that are doing this type of behavior and I would mm. just go for me the most magical thing you can ever do is hold a mirror up to every single thing to every single negative emotion you have or experience okay what is this showing me about me and yeah. I'm so, I, my best advice is to become selfish in that sense yeah personally it's all to do with what's going on in them but if that's your situation what is it showing you that you need to heal and so I'm like right why am I attracting people that let me down cheat on me and all this well because that was my programming that's what my dad did to my mum and I obviously feel comfortable in that feeling because our brains are wired to make us feel safe mm. so my brain thinks I feel safe in uncertainty, in being let down. It thinks it's protecting me. You know what I mean? So I... Because it's all I, you knew. Yeah, when I understood that, I was like, holy shit. Like, I remember going through... He would, like, be pissed, passed out. And I couldn't wait to get out of bed, sneak round, go get his phone and read it. I couldn't wait. And I remember looking at his phone and not finding anything and feeling disappointed. 
Wow. Yeah, I felt disappointed that I'd not found anything. And I thought, I'm going to get it next time. I'm going to mm. catch it. And then when I would find something, I'd think, oh, you bastard, I knew it. But then, you know, I rem- I'll never forget going to my auntie's house and telling her all about it. And she said, but how do you love this? And I said, I love my partner cheating on me. I love this. Are you fucking for real? I, I was mm. so, I couldn't accept that at the time. I was mm. like, oh, I don't love this. And she went, yes, what you do. She said, in this, the second you understand that you are so comfortable and at home in being let down is when you can take responsibility and change it. Yeah. And I, that was massive for me, you know, because I did go out looking for it. And I did, I was obsessed with telling people, you know, drunk, do you know what he did to me? And then they'd be like, yeah, you told me like a year ago. And I yeah. was like, I already told you that. Couldn't get over it, but I felt my mum's story. My mum did and still does this. She got a hell of a lot better now, but it was always the like, do you know what your dad did to me? You know, and I became her and I remember going out and doing that and being like bitter that people were still nice to him. And I'd be like, but do you know what he did to me? And they're like, mm. yeah, you do. You told us a year ago and you're still with him, though. You know, mm. and I couldn't get past it. I was so stuck on it. So then when I realised that, like, there's a reason that we were brought together and it, everything that's showing up for me is for me to heal. Like I said, with the the split, the straight spaghetti analogy, yeah. this year has been the process of me getting rid of the spaghetti. And, and that was the RTT therapy for me, immersing myself in people who have gone through similar things, who you know, are going to give you tips and tricks. I read books. I was obsessed with it. I do tapping. Yeah, tapping. yeah. But Sarah Longoria's tapping method is, for me, the most transformational way of releasing trapped energy. And when I tried that, it's the, the most simple and easy and effective clearing method ever. Really? A million percent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... With traditional tapping, for if people are listening and they don't know what tapping is, basically we will have an emotion, and let's say you're, you know, somebody triggers you and you feel jealous or whatever, or you feel angry. You it in your body. Yeah, well, we tend to push it down, don't we? And we'll yeah. really try to not feel that way, or we'll be really angry, and then we'll go. I just need a minute. I just need a minute. I'm going to calm down. Or you're crying and you're like, I just, I just need a minute to compose myself. Mm. But what would there is we're pushing it down and we're just it's getting trapped in the body which shows itself in in illness but then it then will come out when we're angry and things like that now what what tapping does is literally emotions are energy and they need to go full cycle to come out which is Mm -hmm. why a toddler will kick and scream and go crazy they feel the full emotion and then they're absolutely fine again because they've processed it just like how an animal who's being chased will get away and then they will go into a little literal state of shock like that and shake and then once they've processed the trauma it leaves their body automatically yeah humans do that we don't automatically process it it stays so tapping is allowing the energy to complete its cycle in our body so if i'm triggered by anything you know i get upset or i get angry Rather than the traditional way of doing EFT, is tapping a certain point in your head yeah. and saying, 
even though I feel really angry, I still love and accept myself. Yeah. There along Gloria's way is, forget all that, just say how you feel in that moment. So yeah. I remember being like, you stupid bitch. How dare you? You know, like yeah. that. Yeah. Within, within a, I would say less than a minute, I've gone from being enraged and angry and crying to being like, oh my God. Like you physically feel it, leave. You physically feel like the lump in your throat. You then back it up. Once you do that, do you then back it up with how you want to feel or do you just do it to release your No, I, no I ju- it just releases and goes. And I'm like, yeah. I think for me, because I'm so um, self-aware now yeah. and I've done work, I don't need to then be like, I'm great or whatever because I'm, I've already got to that point where yeah. I'm like... You just need to release the shit. Yeah, I, I take full responsibility for everything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I spend every day priming myself, getting myself into a good zone, and I will put up that boundary. So, you know, if somebody's talking to me or they're draining my energy, I will pull back and be like, right, I'm going to go now. I need to work on my energy. I feel drained. I'm, and I'm going to lift that up. So I'll listen yeah. to music. feel good. I understand that I have the power and nobody can take that away from it you know no no and that, that's what I just think is the most amazing thing like take responsibility for yourself now stop saying yeah but you don't understand because you you haven't gone through this you've not gone through that well I've got no money and I've got no job and I rely on my partner I can't leave you don't understand it's like right there are people in the world who have gone through that and got themselves out of that mm. like use that as your absolute pain into power that I am going to get out of this no matter what rather than shifting it from I can't get out of this to I'm going to get out of this yeah focus you will find a way a way will present itself you know and I just I really just think it's so important like Oprah Winfrey was a young black girl who was beat by her grandma molested Mm -hmm. she had a child at age 13 because she'd been raped that many times her baby died and she's a female billionaire. Like, yeah, I, I'm sorry, but I know there's a hell of a lot of people who would have that against them. Just, just being raped alone, let alone being 13, having a baby, that baby yeah. died, and then going on to do all that you have done. So don't, don't sit and wallow in your your environment and believe that there's nothing you can do. You can change what's going on in here. Mm-hmm. You, you see it and I, I listened to a podcast the other day that just blew my mind and it was about a woman who was in the holocaust and her she was getting ready to see her boyfriend she was 16 there was a knock at the door her and her parents got taken in the car they got and her sister they got taken to Auschwitz they went down a line her parents got sent to the right she, she went following her parents the guard stopped her and made her go to the left her parents were killed that night rest of the the time she was forced to dance for the guards you know like horrendous and she said before my mum died on the way to, to there she said they can never control what goes on in your mind so she in her mind manipulated it that the guards were the ones that they were the prisoners that they weren't free and they had to stand there all the time what a life is that and when she was um she always wanted to be a ballet dancer so when she had to dance for the guards in her head, 
she was a professional ballet dancer. Wow. Said I I created my world, and I, I was absolutely wow. blown away by that. And then yeah. she went turmoil afterwards because she felt so bad that she would had survived. And she said the worst prison I was ever in was the prison I made for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, if I'm feeling shit, I will listen to a podcast like that. Oh, and yeah. oh, get a fucking grip of yourself, Heidi. You are you are rich, you are healthy, your daughter's healthy, you've got a roof over your head, you've got clothes, you've got food, like you've got electricity, you've got you can go outside and take in the fresh air some people are locked in hospital rooms they cannot do that like once I realized that just everything changed for me and I I just I'm such a can't think of the word but like an ambassador for take goddamn responsibility for yourself you can do it if you can create you can create in your environment and you know and so my top tips to anyone would be go away immerse yourself in people that have been in your place and got out of it like stop really living by the fact that you're a victim and you can't do like don't hand your power over to somebody else yeah. do you know what i mean that's, oh, that's 100%. What I 100%. Myself. and now i would just not do that and forgiveness really was amazing for me and the reason why it changed my life was because I believed that forgiveness was accepting what they did and well, I me was, too. Like, it was I yeah, never... it's the thing I resisted the most I thought I can't I'm not saying that what you did was right you're an arsehole I realized that as well that it, it's never about saying I forgive you for what you did yeah I myself Self. Totally. For, for ever being the person that would attract and accept what he was doing to me. Yeah. Like I forgive the person that wasn't strong enough to break away from that. That's what I forgive. And I forgive that you're a hurt child and quite clearly there's something going on within you for you to be hurting me. Like nobody's built to hurt people. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not the way that we're born. It's our environment. And so I just think, I wonder what happened to you. I'm not going to take it personally. But if I'm attracting this, I am going to to take it personally and understand what I can change within me. Yeah. But that, that's just my advice to anyone. Like, just take goddamn responsibility for yourself. Yeah, I love that. Heidi, it's been amazing. Like, there's still so much I want to talk to you about, but I'm conscious of time, um, as always. And do you know what? I was so excited about this uh, episode and... I'm like even more excited now to get this out and for people to hear it because you have not disappointed at all. You've been incredible. And <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to have you back on to, to talk more about the forgiveness piece as well. Cause obviously you touched on that in the intro and you, you've ended with it and you know, you've summed it up really, really well um, along with so many other incredible insights. So thank you from the bottom of my heart um for joining me today and how can people stay in contact with you how can they be connected to you yeah well my instagram um i'm definitely going to be um posting a lot more about it but i'm actually going to start youtube i'm going to film the story i just told you about gratitude and put that on my youtube and i'm going to you know start explaining psychology you know because the the light bulb moments that I had 
at university, somebody might have no idea where to find that information. So oh, I just think yeah. I've got a gift in making things so simple to understand. That's my gift. And I do believe that I've gone from being prop like so insecure and have so much low self-esteem to be at the complete opposite end of the spectrum where I completely love and accept myself and I'm content with myself you know and really really quickly I said this the other day to on my Instagram when you're so content with yourself nobody can tell you who you are because Mm -hmm. oh and it's as ridiculous as somebody saying to me like you've got blonde hair I'm like, no, well, or ginger hair or whatever, or you've you've got a bald head. That's Mm. ridiculous. I've got hair. No, I'm not bald. Do you Mm. know? And if somebody was if somebody was watching that, they would you would look at that person and think, what's going on in their world if they think Heidi's bald? She's got really long hair. Do you know? So if somebody thinks that I'm anything sort of negative or horrible or up myself or whatever it may be. I just think that what the hell is going on in your mind for you to think that? So mm. I don't personalize anything because I'm so secure in who I am that it's just ridiculous as telling me I'm bald. I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not bald. Do you know what I mean? You're like, that's just how ridiculous it is to me. So I think the best gift anyone can give themselves really is self love, 100%. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And what a way to end it. You've been amazing. And obviously your your Instagram handle is your name, isn't it? Yeah, it's just Heidi Marie Marnie, yeah. Yeah, so I'll add all of that onto the show notes. And then obviously with your YouTube, when you've got that up and running, I'll add that onto the show notes as well. Um, yeah. I think it will be incredible on YouTube. This, this goes out on YouTube now um, as well. So you'll have access to that and to some snippets well, as well. Having me, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And if there's anything that's come up in this episode um, that you want clarification on or you want to reach out to Heidi, then I'm sure, yeah, Yeah. likewise, come through me and we can go from there. But as always, um, have an amazing week and I will see you all next week. Bye for now. Bye. (laughs) That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.